A very good morning to your family. I like the heading. Be led by the Holy Spirit in a world ruled by the sinful nature. We could have used the word dominated by, but I thought led, ruled by the, by the sinful nature. Lord, thank you for your word. It's a living word. It was inspired through prophets and given to us by your own son himself. It's a living word. It is the truth about who you are, the truth about who we are, sinful human beings, separated from you, our holy God, but has displayed the gospel through faith in Christ. Lord, thank you for who you are. I may the Holy Spirit take these poor words of mine and use them to point people to these wonderful, wonderful truths. In Jesus' name, amen. This wonderful book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. Okay, Graham, we're not... Okay, I've got to turn it on, right. (laughs) No... Where do I point to? Good. Oh, no. Oh, you've gone back there. Okay. No, we're not getting... Am I pointing the right direction with this? Okay, okay. Wonderful book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. We'll leave that to the Lord. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, around about AD 56, 57. Paul wrote this letter to the Christians in Rome, both Jews and Gentiles. Nero was the Roman emperor who was ruling in Rome at the time. He was a terrible dictator. Nero reigned as emperor in Rome from 54 AD to 68 AD. Hadn't the gospel spread far and wide in the 20 years since Christ's death and resurrection in AD 33? Ah, there's Nero. Powerful man, terrible man. (coughs) Emperor, 54, 68 AD. These verses from Romans 8 teach us much about the Holy Spirit. Have you learnt much about the Holy Spirit and his work within our lives. As a Christian, we now have the Holy Spirit living within us. Absolutely amazing. Jesus said, when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. The Holy Spirit is absolutely essential in us to be taught the truths of the word of God and to walk day by day in the ways that we need to walk. We need the Holy Spirit. Are you also aware that we are born with a sinful nature? Anyone not know that? You take a really young child of a couple of months, 
you've got to not teach them bad behaviour. It's inherited. It's part of our sinful nature. It's inherited from Adam and Eve and is passed on to each new generation. Human beings sin, we sin, because we have a sinful nature. We sin because we have a sinful nature. That's simple. That is the reason that we sin. As a Christian, we experience a constant struggle between the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the deeds of our sinful nature. There's a warfare going on within you and I if you truly are born again of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will show you these truths. The sinful nature will say, no, 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 we go this way. These two forces within are constantly fighting each other to win control over us. There's a war going on inside each one of us. Yes, there is a warfare which is going on in our lives and we need to be made aware of it. Are you aware of it? Even as a Christian, we can be easily deceived. I'm speaking to myself here. Believing that the sinful nature within us is much improved. I'm a much better person. (laughs) We need to realise that our old sinful nature can never and never will obey God. It is as stubborn as it's ever been to the things of God. You know what, Dad? I don't believe all the blame for what just happened here. Didn't I inherit my sinful nature? Romans 8, 7, interesting verse. For the sinful nature is always, always hostile to God. Even if you're a born-again Christian walking in the Spirit. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. Indeed, as a Christian, we know, need to know that many of our actions, such as uncontrolled temper, jealousy, quarrelling, anger, etc., all come from our sinful nature, which is still active within us. God does not override the sinful nature, but he gives us power over the sinful nature in the Holy Spirit. What are some aspects of our lives which originate from the sinful nature within us? What are some of the actions in our lives which result from the promptings of the Holy Spirit within? We shall examine answers to these questions more closely as we wander through God's word this morning. I've tried to break this message this morning up into three parts. Verses 8, 1 to 4. Are you under the control of the Spirit of God? We need to be. He humbly wants to be involved in our lives. The primary way I find the Holy Spirit speaks to me is through the Word of God. He teaches me the lovely truths from God's Word. He says, that's how you need to live. This is what's possible. 
in Christ. The second part, the work of the Spirit overcomes the demands of our sinful nature. What a wonderful hope. You do not have to be under the control of the sinful nature. Even though it's still there and it's still demanding that you do it, it cannot be improved, we have the Holy Spirit. He will give us the ability to overcome the demands of the sinful nature. Yes, you and I will fail. You and I as Christians will still continue to sin. We need to keep regular short accounts with God. Get it right with him day by day. We have no obligation to do what our sinful nature urges us to do. No. Rather than anger, love and harmony is the way of God. We need, as a special people of God, to get on with each other. And through that testimony, the world will say there's something different about these odd bods because the power of God in us can enable us to live in a very, very different way. I'm getting sidetracked. <clears throat> Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Wonderful, wonderful words. I'm doing a series on Radio Rem at the moment. On Friday afternoons, I'm actually wandering through the book of Romans. I started with chapter 1. 20 weeks later, I'm almost finished the book of Romans. <laughs> It's been a lovely series to look closely at the Word of God. Let's begin by considering the words in Romans 8, 1 and 2, words which are probably very familiar to you. So there is no condemnation, isn't that beautiful, for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Don't condemn yourself. God is not condemning you. Stand up. I am in Christ. Go away, Satan. I am not condemned. I've been forgiven. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit, has freed you, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. In Christ, we have a wonderful, wonderful companion, the Holy Spirit, who can free us for the first time in our lives from the power of sin. There is no condemnation. What a wonderful thing to realise for those who belong to Christ Jesus. We have been declared not guilty we come one day before God's throne, he will say, not guilty. Absolutely amazing. As there is one who has died in our place. Our sins have been forgiven. Forgive yourself. And we have been freed from the power of sin freed from the power of sin yes we will still continue to sin that leads to death we can now say no to sin and its destructive power in our lives 
Isn't that beautiful? There is a judgment for sin still to come, but no true believer will experience it. Not guilty. Come, my child. Did you realise that the law of double jeopardy states that a person cannot be tried twice for the same crime? Since Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins and since you and I are in Christ, God will not condemn us. Doesn't that free our lives up so much? God is desiring to do a wonderful work within our lives. Not just coming to church on a Sunday and living like you like. There's much, much more wonderful walk with God than that. If you are a Christian, the power of the Holy Spirit now abides within you. Listen to him. Get to know him. As you learn to obey God and to walk in his ways, you will have power over sin and will begin to live as God created you to live. Amen, it's true. It really is true. The indwelling Holy Spirit enables us to walk in obedience to God's will. The righteousness that God demands in his law is fulfilled in us through the Spirit's power. The legalist tries to obey God in his own strength and fails to measure up to the righteousness that God demands. And so many of us are caught in legalism. I have been in the past. The Spirit-led Christian, however, as they yield to the Lord, experiences the sanctifying work of the Spirit in their life. The enormous challenge here for you and I is learning to allow the Holy Spirit to truly rule in our hearts. There's a lot of wrong teaching about this in Christian circles. Are we willing for him to be the boss of our lives. Are you willing for him to be the boss of your life? Are we open to walk in God's agenda? Or do we spend our lives trying to make God consider our agenda? Don't we? Well, I'm guilty of that, so I'm sure you are too. Verses 3 and 4, Paul reminds his listeners of the gospel once again that the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. We can't keep the law. Impossible. Because of our sinful nature. The law is to point us to the reality of sin. As such, God destroyed sin's control over us by giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. Through Christ, God's laws have been fulfilled in us. The law of God. Moses delivered it. Christ fulfilled it. You and I as a Christian do not have to 
willingly keep the law. Having done all those things, I am now right with God. Christ has fulfilled the law. We need to walk in obedience to God. In doing so, we will fulfil the law, a law of love. But to live in this new way, we need to no longer follow the desires of our sinful nature, but instead to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit himself within. Yes, the Holy Spirit gives you and I the desire and the ability to overcome our sinful nature. I'll try and stay on track. (laughs) In the following verses, Paul compares the actions of people who are living under sin's control, see where you are with this, with those who are allowing the Holy Spirit to direct their lives. Paul is not describing two kinds of Christians, one carnal and one spiritual, He is contrasting the saved and the unsaved. Romans 8, 9, Paul plainly teaches us that those who do not have the Spirit of God living in them do not belong to him at all. If you are a Christian, or say you're a Christian, and you do not have the Holy Spirit living in you, you are not a Christian. Those who do not have the Spirit of God living in them do not belong to him at all. Please sort it out where you are with God. Let's look at the characteristics of the unsaved person. They live only to please themselves. Verse 5. Verse 6. Their actions lead to death, separation from God. Death is separation from God. Verse 7, they are hostile to God and will never obey God's law. Is that where you are? Verse 8, they are bent on following their old evil desires and can never please God. They are the characteristics of you and I before we became a Christian. The people that we mix with every day, that is where they are at. This does not mean that they never do anything good. It means that the bent of their life is different. The unsaved person is alive physically, but dead to God. They may be moral and even religious. They may come to church on a regular basis. But they lack spiritual life. They live to please themselves. And rarely, if ever, think about pleasing God. Indeed, they are often hostile to God and his ways. While the characteristics of a saved person... Under the control of the Spirit. Oh. Oh. Oh, sorry. It is from the gizmo. (laughs) Thank you, Cheryl. Righto. Verse 5. They follow after the Holy Spirit, which leads to life and peace. Verse 6. I read that verse. 
Verse 7, they are controlled by the Holy Spirit who lives within them. Verse 10, their bodies will die because of sin, but their spirit within will live. I humbly believe when our body dies, my soul and spirit go immediately to be with the Lord. I know others have different views on that. And verse 11, their dying bodies will live again after they die. We shall be resurrected and live eternally with the Lord. Where are you on those two lists? What a difference it makes when the Holy Spirit lives within us. Our focus is now on God and on pleasing him. Is that where your focus is? It ought to be, please. You experience new life. And even your physical faculties, this poor old body <laughs> mowing the lawn yesterday with a hand mower, uh, takes on new dimensions of experience. It actually makes your body better if you are walking with the Lord normally. I know different things happen. We now have peace with God and enjoy eternal life. They're beautiful. Under the control of the Holy Spirit, we are able to put to death the sinful deeds of the body and he reproduces in us the fruit of the Spirit. I've actually found as I've learned to walk with God, I put aside the old, but I also put on the new. For example, researching Romans, which I'm doing, I've realised so important, Christians need to be involved with each other. We don't just say good morning, hello and walk away. We should be intimately involved with each other, getting to know each other, visiting each other, helping each other. That is part of the responsibility of a Christian in the spirit. I've lost the plate. There is no need for the believer to be defeated. I read that part. Have you realised that all people need to be born again by the Spirit of God? I was born a Christian. Mum and Dad were a Christian. No. You need to be truly born again of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit then begins to transform each one of us from the inside out. God works in the heart. He changes the heart forming us into usable vessels. Part three, and thank you for your patience. (laughs) Open your Bibles to Romans 8 up to verse 12 at the moment. Let's read, whoops, go back, this important verse. We learn from how the Holy Spirit helps in our daily lives. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. No, I will not get angry with my brother. No, I will not keep speeding my car all the time. (laughs) Guilty of that. If you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. You'll come alive. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I am now a child of God. You know what? God is my Father. And he treats me and treats you, if you are his child, as he treated his own son. 
That's how much he loves and cares for you. Do you realise that? You're not on your own (laughs) as a Christian. Do you realise that we no longer need to be enslaved to our sinful nature? In Christ, we have been set set free through the power of the Holy Spirit and no longer need to follow its pleadings and demands. Our sinful nature is still within us. It has not gone at this time in our sanctification. And it still pleads with us to live by its dictates. Yes, as we had so freely cooperated with it in the past. But through the power of the Holy Spirit within, we can now obey God and walk in his ways. I love this little slide. What a battle. Should I go to the left, follow the sinful nature, or should I go to the right and follow the Holy Spirit? You have a choice. It's going to be a conflict, it's going to be a battle. In verse 15 to 17, Paul encourages us to now behave like God's own children would. Behave as God's own children would. In Christ we are no longer slaves to sin, but we've been redeemed into God's family. As such, we can intimately call God Abba Father. Yes, he's a holy God. Some people say you can't approach his holy throne. Brothers and sisters, we can. Abba Father, I need your help. I need to talk to you about this particular issue in my life at the moment. Have you realised that the moment you were born into God's family, he adopted us and gave us the privilege of being one of his own children? Isn't that beautiful? Let us be reminded that a person can only become a true child of God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Do you know that? Please get that sorted out. Living a good life and expecting God to accept you into heaven is a very common belief in our society today. You go to an everyday funeral, you'll hear that taught. Joe was a good person, he must now be in heaven with God. That is not the truth. That is not the truth of God's word and God's way. But this is not how a person becomes a child of God. This is not the gospel. Are you truly a child of God? Or are you a child of your father, the devil? Now you two choices. The true test in answering this question is your response to Christ himself. Do you love him? Do you believe that he was sent by God? Yes, I do. I love you, Lord. I know that you died on Calvary's cross in my place. Can we know for certain that we are truly a child of God? Some words here in these verses. Paul teaches us the Holy Spirit himself 
will testify with our own spirit that we are truly a child of God. The Holy Spirit himself in you will testify you are a child of God. Yes, I have found this prompting of the Holy Spirit to be true in my own life. I believe I am a child of God through faith in Christ alone. Further, in becoming a child of God, we will also share in God's inheritance. See verse 17. Amazing. Do we deserve it? (laughs) For all that God has given his own son, Jesus Christ, is now ours too. Guys, you are rich. You are blessed. Hebrews 2.11 says these unusual words. We who have been made holy by Jesus now have the same Father he has. Referring to Jesus. We have the same Father who Jesus has. Yes, God is truly our Father and we will share in Christ's glory. Finally, Paul reminds us that if we are to share in Christ's glory, we must also expect to share in his suffering too. Belonging to God is a marvellous privilege, but with that will come rejection and persecution. I get it from my family so often. I do not want to know this stuff you're talking about. My own brother, only eight years older than I, continues to reject Christ. I continue to love him and call on him regularly. Belonging to God is a marvellous privilege. Don't be surprised when you are mistreated in this way. Just a couple of concluding comments. One day soon, Christ shall return. Look forward to it. I wish you'd come right now, actually. Sort out the mess in the world. We shall see him and we shall be like him. We will be finally fully transformed. A new creation. And we will live with him for eternity. By the way, no sinful nature. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) The fact that we are born of the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of our final perfection. Don't give up. Don't let Satan give you doubts all the time. I won't get there. I've sinned against today. (laughs) That is why you cannot, I humbly believe, fall from grace. The regenerated person may sin and backslide but they still are a child of God. Aren't they comforting words? I believe that truth. The fact that our salvation is the work of God, not us, guarantees our final glorification. And the Holy Spirit within is a guarantee of that work. I know people have different doctrines on that one. Because the Holy Spirit now lives with us, we are no longer under God's judgment. And we have been freed from the power of sin that leads to death. We can now say no 
to sin and its destructive power in our lives. Learn to live for God now, day by day, moment by moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you regularly from God's word. Be open to the Holy Spirit to lead you into serving God in this special little church here at Wingham Baptist or elsewhere or in the community. I found before I became a Christian I was totally selfish, looked only after myself. I didn't help anybody. Now I've come to know the Lord. He is saying become involved with other people. Share your life but help them in some way. And that should be a very dynamic part of our church here, guys. Grow in your faith and grow in Christ. Yes, life will take on an entirely new focus. You will grow in many ways which are pleasing to God and which will also thrill your own soul within. I become excited. Lord, what a wonderfully different way to live. The way that you created you and I to live. How can we apply this message to our own lives? And Andrew, a little tack on here. Before becoming a Christian, our lives were controlled by our sinful nature. Our lives were dishonouring to God. And sin controlled much of what we did. Yes, now that we are born again, the Holy Spirit within us is desiring to transform our lives from within. Please don't make Christianity come to church on Sunday and do nothing through the week. That is not Christianity. It's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment walk with God. He will transform you within the heart. As God works in our lives, we begin to live in ways which now please and glorify him. Yes? We too begin to walk with God as Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Paradise before sin entered the world. Further, as we observe events and the emptiness and fragility of the world these days, it's easy for one to become discouraged. Yes? May I encourage you to seek God and to walk in his ways. In Christ we have one who is our greatest friend and one who truly cares for us. Be led by the Holy Spirit in a world ruled by the sinful nature. May I just shout anyone here who does not know Christ as Lord and Saviour, may I challenge you to come before God and sort it out. Speak to someone here if necessary. Absolutely essential that that step in your life is accomplished. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that in Christ not only have you saved us, reconciled us to you, forgiven our sins, but the Holy Spirit himself teaches us the things of God through the word of God. 
he begins to transform our lives from deep within that we actually become vessels usable and pleasing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys, for listening.